Hello, and welcome to Sim Radio here on the Sisters in Music Network. It's Monday Music Madness, and you're tuned in to Mixing It with Nikki Chris. This is Nikki, and in case you don't know anything about me, I am a singer-songwriter from Raleigh, North Carolina. My show celebrates women in the music and entertainment industry, providing an avenue for them to showcase their talents. Our motto, Sisters in Music, Together We Are Stronger. My guest today is a singer-songwriter originally from Chicagoland who splits her time between playing with her band in northern Illinois and southern Wisconsin and Nashville, Tennessee, where she performs as a solo songwriter. Nicknamed Hummingbird, as a young child, she is certainly a testament to her growing reputation as a melody-driven songwriter. It's a great thrill to have her on my show. Please welcome Mackenzie O'Brien. Welcome to Mixing It, Mackenzie. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. That's awesome. Let's kick things off with a little background about yourself. Can you tell us how you got your start in music and when you knew you wanted to pursue music as a career? That's a very good question. I would say I got my start in music like right after I graduated high school and I started performing at open mics like locally in the area and I was so nervous but as soon as I started that, that really gave me the confidence to really pursue it as a career and uh, I got to be able to be seen by other people who wanted me to play at their coffee shop or their restaurant. So that's how I really got my start. And as far as always wanting to be in music, I would say forever. I can't even picture a time like when I didn't want to go into it. I think a lot of us are like that. I've noticed that a lot of artists that I talk to, including myself, it's one of those things that you started very, very young and you always knew that that was your calling, so to speak, or where your your true passion was and your true heart was. So I can certainly relate to that. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, you, it's just one of those things that you kind of are like, yeah, this is definitely what I want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's a feeling that you yeah, get. Yeah, de- definitely. I, I probably suppressed it for a long time, too, because I'm like, like growing up wanting to go into music. It's not really a normal thing. Um, people want you to go to college, have like traditional career, and I, I thought that's what I had to do for a while. But then I realized I'm like I will regret it for the rest of my life if I don't actually try it. And that's a great philosophy to have, and I envy that you were able to do that. I took the more traditional <laughs> route for quite some time and did the <laughs> the college and the day job thing. So I definitely envy taking the challenge or being strong enough to say, you know what, this this isn't for me and and I want to do music. So Mm -hmm. kudos to you. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with the traditional job route either. It's just um, I don't think I could ever do that well. (laughs) I wasn't very good (laughs) at school. I felt like part of me like had no choice. I'm like, well, I'm not really good at anything else, so I'll give this a try too. (laughs) But it's great. It's awesome. And I think you definitely made the right decision based upon the music that I have listened to and some of the things that I've read up about you. So I definitely think that you've made the right choice. I'm probably going to touch on a little bit something that might be a little bit sensitive, but I know that you Mm -hmm. recently became single after being engaged. 
Was this impacted by your career or split time locations? Because I do know that you do split your time between two different locations. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I think um, why I love your radio show so much is that it caters to women and, you know, women wanting to pursue their own passions too and empowering them. And I feel like if you're a woman and you're wanting to pursue this career and you're career-driven, it can be really difficult to find somebody to actually back you up on that. And, well, like, I don't think he's a bad guy at all. He was, you know, he was good to me, but then for a while it felt like he was kind of, you know, trying to suppress my career a little bit, wanting me to get another job. And I just, I just couldn't do that. I couldn't let go of just fully focusing on my career. And it just turned out that we didn't want the same things. I think he wanted an, another girl who had another job who could put more, you know, money towards a place or um, something like that. But I, I just can't do that right now. Everything, all my life is just devoted to music. It's been very hard to find the right person who will back me up on that. You know, it's very interesting because a lot of the things that you're mentioning mimic a little bit some of the challenges that I've had throughout my career. I actually didn't have family Mm -hmm. support. And it's indicative of the music business is really hard. And Mm -hmm. you do have to have a passion to keep going because I do think there's a stigma around being a performing songwriter or doing music full-time, whether it be composer for TV and film. You know, one of the reasons why I started doing this podcast is to not only provide an avenue for people to showcase their talents, but to also have the conversation and elevate the conversation of music as a career, and it's very, very hard work, especially if you're just starting out and you're trying to get recognized and and trying to build a team around you to support you. In my opinion, you're an entrepreneur. We are all entrepreneurs. We are all running and managing our own business. And it's, if people started, (laughs) yes. And if people started looking at it from that perspective, rather than, oh, you're, you're just a, you know, musician or you're just a singer songwriter. It's like, no, I'm running a business. Every yeah. song and that gets think created is or, so fun it, too all the time. <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard. It work, is. That's for sure. It is. I'm sorry that you had to go through, you know, what you did with your, your ex fiance, but you know, honestly, mm-hmm. you're probably better off, right? Cause you want to yeah, find I think we're both better who, off without each other. Yeah. yeah. It's, we just didn't want the same things at all. And I, I think what a lot of people don't realize, too, is that, yeah, I kick out every weekend, and that's how I make money. But during the week, I'm also doing other stuff, like I'm, I'm writing, I'm having lessons, I practice with my band, or I'm doing photo shoots, vocal lessons. It really is kind of like a full-time job. And, yeah, I do have a lot of downtime, but I'm usually doing something, posting on Instagram, writing music. So I think a lot of people don't realize that, too. No, they don't. And that is one of the reasons why Natalie and I started Sisters in Music, is to showcase 
the amount of work that goes into managing a career or at least facilitating mm-hmm. a career in the music and entertainment industry because it it is. It is a full-time job, and it does take a lot of time, and I don't think people realize that. So, but right. it is what it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is what it is. I mean, I didn't realize it either when I was getting into it, but, man, it is. Nothing happens overnight. you got to be very persistent, and I think that's the key of a lot of people making it this day and age. They've been working at it for some of them over 10 years, seven years. You just have to work on it for a really long time. You do, definitely. Well, mm-hmm. we'll get into your songwriting in a little bit because I do definitely want to talk about that. But I wanted to ask you what it's like to write and record with some of the top established writers in places such as Nashville and Texas. Writing with somebody is kind of like, a lot of people say this, it's kind of like dating. So you have to meet the person, you have to click with them. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, well, then you'll just never write with them again. But I have had some really cool opportunities to write with some very established songwriters in Nashville. And uh, one of them was Chris Wallen. I actually won it through contests on Reverb Nation, um, which I think is awesome awesome for musicians. Yeah, I mean, you can get so many opportunities. For example, this one. And... So I was able to go down to Nashville, and I met with Chris. For those of you who don't know Chris Wallen, he wrote the song Don't Blink by Kenny Chesney. He wrote That's Something to Be Proud of, lots of Toby Keith songs. So I was very terrified um, going into this writing session because uh, I don't really have anything under my belt like that at all. And I met him, and he actually ended up being very down-to-earth, just sweet guy, very, like, country boy. Like, he's from eastern Tennessee. He's just a good old boy, and I really enjoyed writing with him. And we wrote this really funny song called You're Not Tequila. And he oh, how brought fun. his sense of humor. Yeah, he brought his sense of humor into the right. After that, I was able to record with... Eric Torres, who's done a lot of stuff for Jimmy Allen now. He's sort of like breaking out into the producer world. So it was just a really cool opportunity for me just being able to do that. You know, it boosts my confidence, too, because all the time, like when I'm in Nashville and I'm, I'm listening to other people's songs or listening to their music, you always get into the comparison game. Like, oh, well, I'm not good enough. And And it could just be a a tough road. So being able to win those contests and have those experiences have just been great for my confidence as a musician. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm sure it could certainly be daunting to write with individuals who have perhaps, you know, play songs with some more well-known artists or even won Grammy Awards or more types of prestigious awards with their songwriting Definitely can understand mm-hmm. that. Definitely from a songwriting perspective, because I know I'd probably be like, "Oh wow!" I'd probably be the same way you are. <laughs> be like, "Oh yeah, okay, let's let's go." I was so nervous, yeah. I could definitely see that. So I certainly want to dig deeper, like I mentioned, into your songwriting. But I would like us to pop on a song 
in just a second. So I know that you have brought with you one of the new songs from your upcoming album that comes out in May. Can you tell us a little bit about the song called Envy? Yes. Envy's been one of my favorites, and I think a lot of fan favorites, too, over this um, past couple of months. So I wrote it in October with a really good friend of mine. Her name is Tammy Marler. I met her on Facebook. She messaged me, and she was like, hey, we should write sometime. And I think we have, like, a mutual friend in the music world. And so me and Tammy have developed this really good friendship. She's sort of like a second mom to me, too. I think she's exactly my mother's age. We have this really good music bond together. And she invited me to Texas. And she's like, come out, come out to my ranch. And it was really cool. It was like eastern Texas. She had like cows all around her house and like different animals. This really cool ranch in Texas. We actually wrote a lot of songs that week. So we were chatting in her living room one night, and I was just talking to her about Instagram. And I was like, man, I hate going on Instagram because it's just so fake, and all you see are, like, people posting them them best selves, and you always just get envious of their lives or what they look like. And so she's like, Envy, that's a song. And then... We just kind of wrote that idea down and woke up the next day, finished that song. Uh, I don't even know how we finished it. It just happened so fast. I'd say our, like, inspiration behind, like, the melody of it was definitely L. King. Um, And then we just wrote that song, and it, it happened to be one of our best songs. I'm cracking up that you mentioned L. King because... When I was listening to him, I'm like, oh, you know, she's got that little L. King grit in her voice. Oh that is actually that Thank is actually you. very, very coincidental. Yes. I Well, I actually got a mix of a little bit of Leanne Rhymes and L. King was what I was, was kind of listening for. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk more about that in a couple of seconds. So we're going to put that on for everybody. Here is Envy by Mackenzie O'Brien, and this is off of her new album that's slated to be out in May. Out the window 
um, it can be helpful, too, in some ways where you can get up uh, on stage in front of other singers, too, and you'll sound a little different. But what I've learned is that people love it or they kind of hate it, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I know I'm not for everybody, but I am proud of my tone and my voice, and, and sometimes it does sound like I do smoke some cigarettes, but <laughs> I don't. That's just my natural voice. <laughs> And, yeah, but I, and I agree with you. Sometimes people like it. Every music is so subjective. What one person likes, mm-hmm. somebody else may not. But right, That's so true. In this day and age, you've got to make yourself stand out. And I actually think yeah. that having the ability to do the grit, because not all your songs have it. So mm-hmm. having the ability to do it when you want to is actually a very, very great attribute to have. Thank you. Thank you. You're quite welcome. All right, let's get into the juicy stuff, songwriting. Tell us about your songwriting process. I have a lot of different songwriting processes, I'd say. When I'm writing with people, it's it's different because we're on a mission. So if you book a time with somebody, you're trying to finish the song in like a certain amount of time, usually, but sometimes... It happens to where, like, you'll end a session, get back on a different day. But we usually start with a song title or a song hook. Like, for example, Cowboy. That's the name of one of my songs. Hey, I have this idea, Cowboy. All right, what does that mean? How do we write a song about Cowboy? Well, let's write it about falling in love with a cowboy in a bar. Or Yeah, let's, let's create a song out of that. We usually start, like, chronologically, like, first verse chorus or if we're feeling the chorus we'll start chorus first and then usually melody comes second that's different for when I write by myself I usually have the melody first because I'm very much stronger as a melody writer although I have been working hard and I think my lyrics are getting a little bit better but it's just it's practice makes perfect Um, you have to keep writing songs um, to get better at it and listening to other people's songs too for inspiration and stuff like that do you find sometimes that especially writing with nashville writers that it's too cookie cutter yes (laughs) yes i have run into that and i think you you'll always run into that if you write with the certain nashville people nashville's very by the rule book. And they are very, yeah, they now. are very, I don't want to say strict, but I, I've found They're always very in the pocket. Well, exactly. I, I've, and I'm not, you know, I'm not dissing anybody. Everybody has their own methodology for writing, but I've, I've actually found it very, very difficult, me personally, mm-hmm. to write traditional, in the pocket, cookie cutter, type of songs. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can do it, right? I mean, but I just, I get bored very, very quickly, and yeah. I'd much rather write a song that's not cookie cutter and and is different mm-hmm. and, and doesn't follow the, what I would call the Nashville way, which is probably why I don't write with a lot of Nashville writers, just because I just... I do. I get bored because it's it's always the same methodology. It's very structured. It's it's very much hook focused, which is fine. It's completely fine, and I know that's what sells 
in Nashville and, and what those writers are, are very well known for, it's not something I don't think I could do on a day-to-day basis just because I would get bored. I don't know. It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally, totally understand where you're coming from. And I always run into that, too. And it's just kind of frustrating because there are people that I write with sometimes to where we'll just be going over and over the song, just making sure that it's up to par with, like, Nashville and the Nashville way. But, I mean, I'm a firm believer in, like, music is limitless. I think, like, just being yourself is the best way, too, to, like, get out there and be different. I think it's good to be different. One of my favorite artists, or, or two artists, I would say, are, like, Casey Musgraves and Miranda Lambert. Casey Musgraves is a different example to where she always does her own thing. And I know when she released Golden Hour, her record label like didn't want to release it because it wasn't the Nashville way. I mean, you listen to that record, it doesn't sound anything. Like, they couldn't play it on the radio. And then Miranda Lambert's a different example to where she does both. So she'll do, like, very in-pocket commercial songs, but then she'll also have, like, her own style in there, too. And I just appreciate when artists do their own thing. I do, too. I actually like both of those artists. I'm a picky country music listener. If you listen to my show, I'm always like going, yeah, you know, there's some people I just can't listen to just because it's too monotone. It's very, you know, it's very Mm -hmm. the same. It's it's almost like every song on the album is exactly the same, just, you know. Yeah. Country music panders so much, too. (laughs) like, trucks and red dirt and and all of that same stuff you just hear over and over again yep (laughs) (laughs) we we need to put some umph into the country music no it's all good i you know i have my favorites i have my favorite favorite artists that i listen to and and you know every now and then i listen to somebody new and they surprise me and i'm like oh okay well maybe i'll start listening to this person so yeah awesome Awesome. So this is a good place to take a pause and take a short break from a word from one of our partners in podcasting. This is recording artist Lady Dang. We'll be right back on Mixing It with Nikki Chris here on Sim Radio. Hey, this is Lady Dang, and you're listening to Mixing It with Nikki Chris on the Sim Radio Network. Check out my new single, Wonder Woman, now on Spotify. Sisters in Music, together. We are stronger. And we're back on Mixing It with Nikki Chris on the Sim Radio Network and my guest, the very talented Mackenzie O'Brien. We were talking about your songwriting process. One of the questions that I ask every songwriter that comes on my show is, do you have any songwriting tips that you would like to share? Yes. Oh, my gosh. One of the best things that I learned And I learned this from a very, very good songwriter. He wrote The House That Built Me. And I said, like, do you have any tips for me? Because I was just getting into songwriting. He said, yeah, write what you know. And for a while, I was just really confused. But basically, like, as an individual, you have your own story. You have your own things to, to tell. You don't have to write 
about somebody else's life or or try to fit in a certain mold that people will want you to have because you have your own things to say. So I think the best songs are from real-life experiences and really digging deep into your heart and uh, also listen to other music, too. That's usually where I get inspired is if I hear something really cool, it'll inspire me to write, like, a song, like, similar to that. I mean, be careful of copyrights, too. <laughs> Can't make it too similar, but that would be my best advice. Great advice. And I'm a big proponent of the write-what-you-know philosophy and also... Mm-hmm listening to other music. I actually, there's a couple of of bands that I actually listen to quite frequently to get music inspiration. And I do a, um, I like to tell people to to pick a song that you like or a song that potentially may have inspired you and write a response to it. That's one of the things that. that. Yeah, I actually do that quite a bit. I've done that. There's, there's one, there's one particular band that I actually like, uh, very, very much, and I've used a lot of their songs for inspiration in terms of, well, I like this song, let me write a response to it, and you kind of look at it, (laughs) this is how I'm interpreting the song, and this is my response to that particular interpretation, and it opens things up as well, so it's great to hear somebody else mention, use other songs as inspiration, but yes, agree, got to watch the copyright infringement (laughs) Definitely need to be careful. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it is kind of tough, too, because there's only so many notes and chord progressions that you can come up with. So after a while, it starts to become a little bit challenging to make sure that songs are as much different as you can possibly make them. A little bit. A little bit. Yes. Um, Yep. I think like songs inspire us all the time, so if we're always inspired by different songs. It's it's hard to make them different enough. Yes, I definitely agree. And you know what? But that's one of the reasons and a good argument for not keeping things cookie cutter. Because mm-hmm. if you keep things too cookie cutter and too structured, you inevitably uh, potentially come really, really close to those copyright issues. Whereas right. if your song structure is very different or non-traditional, you end up having a little bit more leeway and opportunity for something different. Exactly, yeah. That's my pedestal conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my soapbox. A little bit. (laughs) Before we get to the second song that you brought with you to share, I know that you've talked about, like, writing relationships and co-writing and things like that. I know that you actually have co-written a lot of songs. What is a good writing relationship to you? Somebody who would listen to your ideas and build you up, but also be honest with you. So I'd say like my writing relationship with Tammy, I think we have a really good writing relationship. I think we get each other's style. I think that's very important too. Like if you get each other's artistry, sometimes people don't. Sometimes people just don't get it. And um, that can just be very frustrating writing with somebody. 
But she's also very, like, like complimentary, too. Like, I'd say, like, when you're building each other up, that always just feels good. And then when you, they take your ideas seriously. I'd say as a sh- more shy person, I've come into a lot of rights where, like, people don't take your ideas seriously. And it it could just leave you feeling so awful at the end of the right, like, oh, my God, I'm so bad. Like, why do I ever do this? Uh, but, yeah, I'd say that's a good writing relationship. Excellent, and I would definitely agree with you. I think all of us have had good and bad writing situations, and mm-hmm. it's one of the reasons why I think a lot of us tend to gravitate towards the individuals that we do know that we have a great relationship with I know I do that. There's only certain people that right now I'm I'm writing with because I have a great relationship with them, and I think that's it. Seems that it's very evident um, that you mm-hmm. do some of the same as well. And you know, I mean, I, yeah, why wouldn't me you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Excellent. So let's talk about one of the things that I noticed. I know that you did a lot of performances or you do do a lot of performances, especially before the pandemic, obviously a lot lot of uh, weekend gigging and things like that. Can you tell us about some of your favorite performances or venues? I, I recently got into contact with Ed Warm in Chicago, and I was so excited about that uh, because he's a very good person to know in country music in the area. He's booked a lot of really famous artists. I think he has like the Windy City Smokeout. I I don't know exactly what it's called, but like a big country fest in the city. And uh, he has a few places, like country bars around Chicago, like Rosemont that I've been able to play at. And I think those are definitely one of my favorites. Um, They're just so much fun. Like Carol's Pub, in Chicago. I know like Haley Witters was just there. I think Sunny Sweeney's going to be there. I was just listening to her music recently. So just being able to play at those places and having the fact that those other artists play there too, I think it's just really cool. It's just a cool opportunity. How about uh, 2021 touring plans? Do you have any concerts in the works or any anything going on this year as things start opening up? Yeah, so I think keeping pretty busy. Um, I usually just uh, book up as I go. But, uh, yeah, I think my spring is starting to get busy. Hopefully the summer will be good. Summers are always the busiest time because lots of different shows, like outdoor shows and different fests and stuff. So I think... And hopefully I'll be very busy this year. I know last year I did have the opportunity to open for Chris Jansen and Jordan Davis at the Sears Center. It was a drive-in show, which is very, very cool. And I hope hope in the future I'll get to do more stuff like that, but who knows. I am, like, dying to do one of those drive-in theater shows. I, I almost think that they weird. need to make those like you know ongoing thing. I know that they started doing them last year because of the the pandemic, and I really thought that they were mm-hmm. fun and cool. But I'm like, oh man, that would just be like so much fun to do. So it was weird looking in the audience, and you only saw like lights. You didn't see people. You just saw car lights, and you're like, wow. <laughs> Heard a lot of honking too. I guess that was their form of clapping. Oh my god, that's so awesome. That's so awesome. 
I know you mentioned it earlier, we're going to talk about Cowboy, so let's tee Cowboy up. What inspired this song? I would say what inspired it was Arizona. Um, I know that sounds so weird, but I was planning on going to Arizona to visit my sister, and I've never been to Arizona before, but I was just thinking about it and, like, the Western imagery and just how I thought it would be, like, kind of like the Western movies, and like, romantic and stuff, and finding a cowboy, riding off with them in the sunset, and wearing turquoise. <laughs> so that's literally <laughs> what inspired that song. And I wrote that one by myself, too, and I always love when I, I can write something by myself and, and really enjoy it, because I am my worst critic, so... Yeah, that ended up being one of my favorite songs. It is a very lovable song. I actually like this one as well, too. So we're going to put this on for our listeners. Here's Cowboy by Mackenzie O'Brien. Sitting at the spar with some jack I look to the right and I see you walking in With some tight levers on and a Stetson hat It's not common for men like you To be here looking for a few Cause I've been searching for a cowboy To ride off in the sunset Of Arizona with a beer Happy in your joy your turquoise baby damsel at your right hand And I know that they're hard to find Still time they get a cowboy So take me out on a starlit night But watch the westerns in the back Bad my eyes so you put your arms around me and stay the whole night a little too left struck. Maybe it's just the alcohol that's making me fall for a cowboy to ride off in the sunset of Arizona with a beer, happy in your joy, your turquoise baby damsel at your right hand, and I know that they're hard. Bye. 
back on Mixing It with Nikki Chris. That was Cowboy by Mackenzie O'Brien, and I believe you said that that was released last September, so it's available now on all streaming sites. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners before we sign off? How about where they can find you on social media? So you can find me on my music website, which is www.com. MackenzieO'Brien.com. My name is spelled M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E-O-B-R-I-E-N. I have a Facebook page, Music by Mackenzie, and then my Instagram is my name, Mackenzie O'Brien, with another N. All right. Mackenzie, thank you so, so much for joining me today. It's really been a pleasure having you on the show and I'm super excited for your new album that's coming out in May. Envy is a fantastic song as is Cowboy and I'm really looking forward to hearing the rest of the album when it's out. Thanks everyone for tuning in for Mixing It. On behalf of everyone at Sim Radio, this is Nikki Chris. Until next time, keep on mixing it.